Hello and welcome once again to the CBS Sounds podcast. And today's guest is one you might already recognise as he's a star of TV and radio, as well as a respected speaker, author and Asperger's champion. Alex Munners is a very busy and multi-talented man. He spends his time presenting talks to businesses, schools and universities. And if he's not doing that, chances are he's working on campaigns and adding strings to his media bow. And you may have already seen him on Channel 4's The Undatables or listened to him on Solid Hole Radio. I would like to say the man who described himself as fun, quirky and colourful joins us today to talk about his latest projects and his journey. And this promises to be a lot of fun. So hello, Alex. Hello. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I've eloquently summed you up really in the introduction. But for those of us who haven't come across you, tell us a bit about yourself and, and what you do. So um, I'm 24 and I live in the West Midlands and I've got Asperger's, which I was diagnosed with when I was 10 years old. So I'm a former radio presenter. I present talks all over the country about my life living with Asperger's and now all over the world. So to law firms, banks, uh, companies, schools, universities, anywhere and everywhere. I've written and published my very own book called That's Not Right, My Life Living with Asperger's. And as you rightly mentioned, I was also on Channel 4's The Undatables. Quite a lot to you there, Alex, and we'll sort of come on to that as the as the uh, podcast goes on, really. Um, so, yeah, the age of 10, 2007, um, is when you kind of got your diagnosis, really. And obviously, it was it's quite a big thing to talk about and to go through, really, as well. You obviously went through quite a lot of emotions with that, but you view it very much as a positive thing, and, and quite rightly so as well, really, because there are a lot of very positive aspects um, to it, really, and a lot of things that just don't hold you back. What made you decide that you wanted to be so open about your Asperger's? I think... I mean, from that very first day I was diagnosed, uh, when I was 10 years old, the first thing I got told by my dad was, my dad told me that Asperger's was a positive thing that gave me special powers. So from that moment forward, although I knew there'd be challenges that it would bring along, I've always viewed it as something positive and something that I feel lucky to have been able to manage over, you know, over my lifetime. So from what my dad said, I've always viewed it as something positive. And then it was when I left sixth form, my dad booked me onto a TV presenter training course in Birmingham. And I absolutely loved it. And it was at that moment after that course that I thought, right, this is what I want to do. I want to go into presenting. And I thought, well, one of the brilliant things about presenting is uh, I'd be able to present my story. And if I ever I did get on the television, then, you know, I could use that status to actually promote awareness for Asperger's. So because I was really wanted to be a presenter, I thought, well, I want to talk about my Asperger's more and speak about it more. So I started to get, be interviewed on the radio and the television about my Asperger's and then it sort of went from there that I saw a few other people presenting talks on their their autism and I thought you know I'd, I'd love to be doing that you know standing up in front of audiences and uh, educating and inspiring people so really I just started emailing as many places as I could and went from there and, and now I'm doing what I'm doing you know presenting lots and lots of talks all about my my Asperger's to educate and inspire as many people as I can. Yeah, and of course, compared to other forms of autism, Asperger's is what people consider to be quite high-functioning, really. So it's not the, one of the most severe things you can have. In fact, it's pretty much at the other end, really, um, in terms of sort of, you know, how day-to-day life goes about, really. Uh, because, you, you know, you, you struck me as someone who's very high-functioning, very articulate, very fun, very engaging. So, you know, it's all really interesting, really. Um, I want to talk about the TV presenting side, actually, first of all. You've talked a lot about TV. It's obviously something you're very passionate about. You've been on TV. One of the things that strikes me is that you've said that you're not intimidated in front of the camera, which I think is very interesting. Why is that? Um, I think I've always been quite a confident person. So standing up, you know, in front of large audiences doesn't really faze me. And I always say, you know, presenting in front of, say, 200 people in a room 
to me is no different than presenting just to my parents in the living room. So I've never been one to really get nervous about things. And I think because I've had that experience on the radio of um, being interviewed and on the TV being interviewed live, where you know people may ask you questions that you weren't expecting and you've got to think of answers quickly, um, I've got more used to being able to, to be in those environments. Um, but I think really it's just because I'm such a confident person in every walk of life that allowed me to not be intimidated by being in front of the, the camera. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I kind of want to come on to something else now, actually, that you do, and it's the campaigning. Now, it's something you kind of touched on a little bit already. By campaigning, what would you say you set out to achieve and have you done so? Yeah, I mean, I've started, you know, one of the campaigns I've started is an autism and football campaign to enhance the experience of autistic people at football matches. So I've worked with a number of different clubs, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Swansea City, um, to improve the match day experience for people like myself who may struggle, you know, in big stadiums with loud noises. And then, you know, with the work that I do, um, you know, there are so many people with Asperger's and with autism that wouldn't feel confident enough to share their story or to speak in front of large audiences. And because I feel lucky that I'm able to do that, and as I like to call it, one of my Asperger's superpowers, you know, I want to use that superpower to show people just what it's like to live with Asperger's, to go to school with Asperger's, to work with Asperger's, you know, why I look upon it as something positive and to inspire people, not just to educate them, but to also inspire them that, you know, you should never, ever let your circumstances hold you back. And whilst my circumstances, you know, my time at school was really, really difficult. I came out the other end um, and I'm doing really great things now. And I didn't let those bad experiences hold me back. And that's what I want to try and, you know, show other people that they should not let their circumstances um, hold them back on what they want to achieve. Yeah, superpowers is a word that you've used a couple of times, actually. What would you say are your superpowers then? I think one of them is definitely being able to speak in front of huge audiences and not be nervous sort of speaking live on the radio and television. I know my grandma once said she wouldn't be able to eat for a week if she knew she was going on live uh, radio or television. So that's definitely (laughs) one of them. Um, uh, Another one is I tend to find things that people would find difficult quite easy. So I remember when I first ever presented my radio show, I'd only ever press one button, but that never fazed me. You know, I was able to just go in and do it and not get worried about not knowing really how to use much of the equipment. And it went actually really well. So I'd say that's another one. Um, another one of my superpowers is I'm apps, as I probably, uh, you, you probably gathered, I'm absolutely obsessed with football. So I know literally every single football ground in the top five tiers of English football. Um, so I'm able to retain lots and lots of information as well. We're going to get on just great you, so <laughs> with you with you actually because I'm the same as you. I'm absolutely football mad myself actually. So you've done you've done that thing where you visited the 92 grounds. And obviously, because teams are dropping in and out of the league all the time. I think you've got some new ones on your list. Yeah, that's right. I, I did. I have got four new ones on my list. I did one on Saturday, which was Harrogate. So now I've got three more left. Um, but I think it was 2019. I did complete all the the current 92 at the time. That's brilliant. What was your favourite ground to go to? Two of my fa- I always say that my two favourite grounds that I went to um, in the 92 were the Torquay United ground and the Arsenal ground. Yeah, well, the Emirates have got obviously the padded seats and Torquay played more, was a bit more sort of humble down to earth, actually. So, Yes, yeah, really unique grounds. Brilliant. Well, that's absolutely, that sounds really great, actually. So you've got four more to do and hopefully you've got plenty of time now between now and May and hopefully the football season will continue uh, despite um, COVID still being a consideration, of course. You know, not as much of a problem, perhaps, but it's not going to go away equally, really. So I kind of want to come on to the business side of things, really, as well, because we're orientated at business and business owners. Um, that's very much what we're trying to target here in the podcast. You've had some dealings with some quite high-profile businesses. I think Lloyd's Banking Group, Coca-Cola, and others. 
and you do talks with them. Something you were talking about earlier on as well about Asperger's. Why have you decided to target businesses like them in particular? Is it to educate, inform, or just to kind of have a presence and just to kind of um, give them something different? Well, I think, you know, when I was at school, a lot of people had, a lot of the teachers had preconceived ideas of what Asperger's was. And, you know, that was obviously everyone with Asperger's is completely different. So, you know, because of that, you know, I want to, you know, educate as many people as I can to not have those preconceptions about people with Asperger's and just to have that little bit more understanding about how to, um, you, know, you know, what is Asperger's and how to maybe treat someone if, they, if they're working with someone with Asperger's, they may have a family member with it. So I decided to, to target different businesses because I believe that anyone working in any kind of business, um, anyone working in any kind of school should have some form of, you know, autism, neurodiversity training so that they can, if they do then go on to work with someone with Asperger's, they have a better understanding of their needs and, you know, you know what they might find difficult and a better awareness for that condition. And um, I think through my talks, you know, I want to try and educate as many people as I can, inspire as many people as I can and break down those stereotypes around autism, you know, show people that actually people with autism can be um, really great employees. So those are the reasons why I really wanted to target those kinds of businesses. But as I've said before, I just believe that, you know, everyone working in a business or in a school or in a university or anyone working anywhere should have some form of autism training. So, you know, I just, it's not just large organizations I target, it's schools, universities, charities, you know, ev- councils everywhere and anywhere um, I'll try and try and target. Yeah, because they have a lot of superpowers, as you, as you quite rightly say, whether it be being very organized, very hardworking, that sort of thing. Really. I mean, it's just a sort of endless list of really positive things. Um, even if you do have these challenges, you can, you know, there are certain skills that people have and, and can use for good for certain. So, and, and also as well with workplaces, by law, they have to make reasonable adjustments um, for people who do have Asperger's or other conditions, medical conditions, health conditions, whatever it is as well. And that's something that, of course, you know, as, a, as an employee, you can ask for um, and certainly get the help, help and support. Hopefully companies are sort of taking that on board and, and doing that, especially the high profile ones, really. Um, I want to talk about your latest projects, actually, as well, really. Scrolling through your Twitter, you've been working with the police. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so um, I've been working with a really great company called Crease Puddle, and they go around the country sort of training, um, doing neurodiversity training for all the different police forces. And the, what we've been doing is I've been going and helping them on in different locations. So it's like interview training. So it's training the, the police force on how to make interviews more accessible for people with different sort of different hidden disabilities, basically, like, like autism and Asperger's. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic to, to be able to, again, you know, help so many more people, inspire so many more people, and just to give them a better understanding of how to, you know, treat people like myself and to make people, uh, people's experiences when they're having an interview that bit easier. So um, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic experience. Because the police, of course, could be dealing with people with various sensory issues, whether it be hearing, speech, anything like that as well, really. Because in a situation like that, whatever it is, you might be asked very complicated questions or given instructions that might be very difficult to process. So presumably it's all about making that, like you say, it's like that accessibility and making sure that an intimidating experience can be made that little bit more comfortable. Yes. And, and interviews can be, as you say, a very difficult thing to do for people with Asperger's. So just to try and show people different ways that you can interview people to make their experiences better is a really great thing for me to be able to do. And, and I think I also, with the work that I do, I, especially the experiences I've been through in the past, I don't want people to have to go through 
say some of the, the bad experiences I've been through, especially in school. So by educating others, hopefully by educating people and inspiring people, then others won't have to go through the same or some challenges um, that I went through. All their experiences will be, be a lot better than what, than what I've experienced. Yeah, and it's very brave of you as well to open up about it in a book as well. I'm sure it was quite cathartic in a way, really, to actually open up about your experiences and sort of look at the journey. Um, but really, you should be really chuffed with what you've done. Absolutely, 100%, because going to school is a difficult thing at the best of times. You know, there's always going to be bits of bullying going on and stuff like that. But for what you've been through as well, to come out, you know, you're very much you're having the last laugh over the bullies, that's for certain. So I want to ask you about another project as well. This is quite a fun one. Uh, the Guide Dogs um, you've been working with as well. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I presented a talk for them um, a few weeks ago now, all about my life living with Asperger's. Um, so my talks, you know, I talk about what Asperger's is, what it's like to live with, to go to school with, to work with. Um, and they always ask questions at the end of the talk. So, um, yeah, it was just one of the presentations that I presented to them. And it was, again, I really, really enjoyed presenting. presenting. I did it online. And again, online working has been, been um, really great to be able to do as well. It's given me sort of more options, more angles and by doing them online, I can speak to a lot more people as well um, than what I could do if I was going into a location. So that's what I did with the with the guide dogs. And have you got any more projects lined up between now and the end of the year? Yeah, I've got quite a lot actually. Yeah, I'm I'm getting quite busy. I've been this year has been really great, and I've been presenting more talks than I've ever presented before. So um, yeah, but I'm I'm getting um, busier in September and October. Great. Well, it all sounds really exciting. We look forward to following your progress. Obviously, people can do that on your social media as well. We look forward to seeing the uh, the updates as well. Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for taking part in today's podcast. And if you want to listen to this podcast, you can do it through our website, Podbean, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll be featuring this interview on our YouTube channel as well, so you can see Alex's wonderful choice of clothing. That's all for today. We hope you can join us next time.